0: welcome to our Zoom cast today. It's a privilege to have Pastor Josh Alderman with us. He's the pastor at the First Free Will Baptist Church down in Dothan, Alabama. And uh, for those of you that don't know where Dothan, Alabama is, that's in LA, right? Lower right. Alabama. That is and, correct. Uh, it is great to have him on with us today. And uh, Josh, I know you've been up to Erie a few times. And so some of our people are familiar with you and have met you. But for those of, of them that are not Maybe share a little bit about you and your family and the Erie connection, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, sure. And uh, first of all, it's great to be with you, uh, Daryl, and I appreciate you having me uh, come online here today and uh, have, a, have a good conversation with you uh, about some of these things. But um, um, uh, I am married to my wonderful wife, Tasha, uh, 13 years, and uh, it's been a blessing. But I'm originally from Mississippi and um, born and raised in Mississippi, Southern Mississippi, and um, uh, little town, uh, big metropolis area of Picayune, Mississippi. Um, my Parents live in Hattiesburg, uh, but, um, but anyway, um, joined the Navy, um, and I was in Virginia for uh, about 13 years. But the connection is uh, my family, where I met my wife, was in Gateway Church, and uh, Bob and Dawn Freeman there uh, in uh, Virginia Beach. Uh, Virginia, they have family in Erie. Uh, Bob, my father-in-law, his, his parents uh, live there and all his brothers and things, they live in Erie. So that's my connection there uh, all the way up to Erie. Been there a number of times uh, hunting and doing some outdoors uh, things, fishing. At least we want to call it fishing. We caught a few, a couple of years ago, but, uh, but really enjoyed uh, the city of Erie. And um, so um, just uh, family connection that way.
0: It's always great to have you and your family come up to visit with us, and um, uh, it, it's been a blessing to get to know you uh, personally over the years and see your heart for ministry, and uh, the Lord led you there to Dothan a few years ago. Um, you and you and Tasha have uh, three children, is that right? Two boys and a we girl? We do. We have three children, uh, two boys and a little girl. Uh, Blake, he's
1: 10, Cole, he's 8, and our little girl before in November. And uh, so they, uh, they're in school uh, today. So we uh, praise the Lord, they're able to get back
0: into school. Um, but uh, yeah, three, three precious children. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about uh, life growing up in Mississippi and kind of a, a little bit of how you came to know the Lord. Was that at, at a younger age or after you uh, joined the Navy? Kind of walk us through that period of your life.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church and uh, all my life, um, I was younger and, um, you know, I heard the, what, we, what we call the gospel message, the good news, of Jesus Christ and how uh, we are saved from our sins and so forth. And I heard that at an early age, but I would say for me personally, it just really never settled in, uh, never Quite uh, came to the full understanding of that until I was about 16 years old. You know, I, uh, if anybody has a church background that may listen to this, you know, uh, you kind of just kind of go through the motions and those things uh, at an early age. Uh, went up and talked to the preacher and those things. But, um, you know, I never really um, became my own faith, if I could put in that, uh, that terminology there. But when I was 16 years old. I had developed some friends. Uh, they're very faithful to the Lord. They love the Lord. And, um, you know, we were hanging out quite a bit and they were really ministering to me, uh, sharing their faith. And there was a lot that they said that I came to find out that, uh, you know, I, I really began to question if I had a real faith, a real faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, long story short, there was uh, one day, particularly I had gone through a lot of my life at that point, Sixteen you know how much can you can you really go through, but some things that were really significant to me, and uh I just remember going you know i'm I'm done with playing around, I'm done with playing around if if I have a relationship with God, so uh, I was in my truck actually, I was in my truck and drove to the back of a subdivision where we live, and uh well, I just really began to call out to God and really begin to cry and 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 you know I was like lord i know that i'm a sinner i know that you died for my sin jesus and i just began to confess and repent of the things that i'd done before and um and i gave my life uh, to christ and and at that point when i was uh, 16 i knew uh beyond a shadow of a doubt that that was very real and uh it's that was an experience that that it's you can't really explain it Everybody, you know, if you come to Christ, probably got a little bit of a, a different testimony story. But uh, I know that um, that the Holy Spirit of God came into me at that point. And I, and I praise the Lord for that. But um, but at that point, I, I knew that I had a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And then that kind of, you know, I, I was on fire for the Lord is what we would say that, you know, many passionately. You know, I, I love the Lord. I was excited about my newfound faith. And uh, I got into the word of God more, you know, at that point, obviously, than ever. And uh, really, be- God really began to do something in my heart and my life. And so that passion uh, that I had, it, it continued on. And I could see how God really began to develop and shape, mold, uh, you know, my future for what he wanted me to do for him and his kingdom. And over a few years, kind of doing some junior college stuff, kind of, you know, not really into it, thought I was going to do a medical field and I have no idea how or why I ever thought I was going to do that, but, uh, but I thought I was, Um, but um, you know, the Navy was always a part of me, even at a younger age, at nine years old, my dad took me out on the USS Boxer. Uh, He used to work at Ingalls Shipbuilding uh, in Mississippi. And so, um, he took me out there. I was fascinated with it ever since then. You know, they fired these guns and stuff, also. I really thought that was neat. Uh, well, you know, going back to what kind of led me to that, I was like, well, I need some direction in my life. And I felt like the military was the best. And if I was going to join any branch, it would have been the Navy. So I joined the Navy in 05. And I came into the Navy as a, um, a person that really had faith in Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ. And I know that it was real, and I carried that through the military, and I can speak to that, you know, here, you know, as we, our discussion continues on, but uh, how that helped, and also the challenges uh, that it presented me, but uh, but that's what kind of led me into that. Lord, uh, through different, you know, situations, things that happened, He led me right up to uh, the military service, and began that in uh, June of
0: 05. So, uh, you go off to basic training, and uh, did you go to Chicago? Great Lakes, Illinois. Yeah, okay, Great Lakes, Illinois. okay. yeah, right there, right there by Chicago there. And then from there, you went to Virginia Beach, or did you go or Norfolk, or did you go somewhere else first? No, after boot camp, uh,
1: let's see. I went down, uh, they flew me down to Pensacola for a couple of weeks uh, for uh, some some training there. and then I went into the uh, aviation field. Um, so I was an airman and they uh once they d- gave me some uh generalized training in Pensacola, uh they flew me back up to Norfolk and then uh that's where my duty station was gonna be at uh for the next uh well ended up being for for the entire time I was in the Navy, uh about eight and a half years. Uh but flew me there and then I my ship, Theodore Roosevelt, uh was actually already on deployment. So when they sent me up to Norfolk, they just went ahead and flew me right over to Bahrain. Across the country and then right onto uh, the Roosevelt, and so they were on a six-month six-month deployment. So I was fresh in the Navy, and
0: uh, first thing I had to do was was deal with a deployment. So, <laughs> but so once you get back to Norfolk, I'm assuming, and I don't know the whole story, but I'm assuming at some point you kind of started looking for a, a church to be able to go to. How did you get connected with Gateway? I did, yeah, and it's uh, the way I got
1: connected with Gateway is really uh, a very fascinating story, and it was really a God thing. Um, You know, again, I I was saved, and and on that deployment there, you know, I was anxious to get back to church, okay, where I could worship the Lord, and so I had no idea where to go. I had no idea, you know, again, the city of Norfolk. I mean, they call the seven cities. I mean, it's huge. So you get there, and I don't know where to go. So I was pretty much isolated. Uh, on base, you know, um, just kind of a Southern boy. I have no idea where I'm going, big town, big city, you know, I'm clueless. So I was actually on base and I began to pray about where I should go to church. And I had no idea where to go, but I was actually working out on base. And they had a group of guys that were a part of a military ministry at Gateway. And so they were passing out brochures, some information about their church. And this guy handed me one and said, okay, well, I'll check it out. And that, that upcoming Sunday, I believe it was, I went there. And uh, I think I took, it's crazy. I don't know if anybody takes, I don't think Uber was out, but I took a cab or something. I can't remember how I got there, but I, but they took me to Gateway and uh, went there and, and tried it out and enjoyed it. I really felt like the Lord wanted me to stay there. And, uh, you know, the, the preaching was great. So um, I stayed there and the military guys that I'd met there really, you know, helped me, helped me feel at home. Uh, You know, I could connect with them and identify with them and those kinds of things. But um, once I prayed about it, I mean, I I just felt like, well, um, I think that's where I need to go. Um, But it was absolutely, you know, um, amazing, the connection, um, because—and I can share with that, you know, in terms of our faith, our denomination or something like that, how that, you know, translates. But I was new into our denomination and our faith. And, uh, and that's exactly what they believe there. And I didn't know it. And so that's what I believed prior to that, but i had never heard of that, uh, a free will Baptist before. And so, uh, went to gateway and that was kind of the history and met my wife there. She was in college when that, when the, uh, the, uh, the church had a college, a part of, uh, part of that ministry. And, um, and just really started there and blossomed there I met my wife, developed, you know, into, you know, even further ministry opportunities, within the surrounding areas and so forth. But, but that was, that was kind of how I got there. And and so I was a part of the military ministry at that time. And, um, and there was so much that I learned. There was so much that I I thought that I knew before about the Lord and and, and the word and and those things. And, uh, but when I started ministering there or being a part of the ministry there, I really learned a lot and it really developed my faith. And so uh, it was amazing how, how God brought me there.
0: And I know uh, Bob and some of the other college guys are really excited to see you come in and catch Tasha's eye. Right. And,
1: uh, yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, I have heard
0: that part of that story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You might have to edit this, uh, part for the Daryl, but, uh, anyway, yeah, she just, uh, she couldn't let me go. I was was trying to get out of there, but she said, no, 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 you got to stay. But, (laughs) uh anyway it was uh it was a <laughs> it was a blessing but um you know it's it's amazing of course this isn't how you know a story about how me and my wife got together but it kind of is at the same time the lord blessed me and sent me there and, and and met her but um anyway it was it was cool but they were really excited you know i know i think on one hand and and this is kind of funny but at the same time you know when i met tasha there um you know, I had a guy, uh, you know, that was uh, I was good friends with Robert Brenneman, and so he he had my back. And there was a lot of things that the church didn't know about me, probably assumptions. Okay, this sailor guy, you know, at the at the church, what is he up to, kind of thing. But you know, I'm not not a pat on the back, but I, I was a real deal. I you know, I'm you know, I was a true believer. And so Robert always kind of had my back, you know, he's like, look, you know, I know he's not, you know, but, but he's a real deal. And so Tash and I started dating, but she's in college. And at the time it was kind of like, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what she's thinking about, you know, dating this military guy, but the Lord knew what he was doing and, and yes. he really put us together and that's all that really matters. And so I, I think that, yeah, they were had a lot of the college, uh, folks there, you know, kind of, uh, wondering uh, how that everything was going to work out, um, but Lord, you know, Lord, through His grace, and uh, it, it did work out.
0: And the good thing is, we can we can look back and laugh about all that now,
1: right? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> at the time wasn't as funny, but but now we can look back and laugh. Yes.
0: So, um, so you're in the military. You're you, you've kind of gotten established in, in a church. Um, met your wife you decided to to come out of the military. God was working in your life about ministry kind of walk us through that kind of those next steps as far as like um, when you made that decision to to come out and and feeling like God was kind of leading you into full-time ministry. Well, for me, there was a, there
1: was a number of things that started connecting the dots. Some things that, you know, number one, it began with a desire in my heart and, um, I, I felt that desire that, that strong pulling the Lord, uh, maybe this is something that you, you should do. You know, of course I'm active duty military. And at the time I was really assuming that I would make that a career. You know, again, I made, you know, five years on Theodore Roosevelt and then I did three years, three years at, uh, Oceana, Virginia beach for shore duty, but kind of in the middle of that, all of those things were kind of developing, uh, I was developing, developing my confidence. Um, you know, how I, I was I was very a reserved individual like you know God you are not going to get me up there to say anything okay I'm just not going to do that you know and um but the Lord really worked in my heart you know it began a Gateway, and then I went uh we started going to Cross Point uh church in Suffolk and um a lot of things started happening I felt like there were some opportunities there well maybe maybe I could do this maybe the Lord would use me in this area and so the more I I developed some of those things the more confident I became But at at the same time, it wasn't like, okay, I'm getting out of the military and then I'm going full time ministry. Um, Until probably the the last year or so, year, year and a half in the Navy, um, God was really using me there in shore duty. He really used me there on the Roosevelt to minister to a lot of people. And so, you know, there was a major part of me on both sides. It was like, okay, we're starting a family. So and this is just from my heart, I really didn't want to start a family and start going on deployments and stuff. So on one hand, that was that was part of it, you know. But on the other hand, I'm thinking, what else would I do? So in the middle of all that, I really had I had an officer package in, you know, I'd submitted that and and you know, everything was good to go. Everybody's, you know, it's a give me a shoe in to get in, you know, for naval officer. But I just, I did not have a piece about that at all. And uh, God really was directing me in a different a different way. So I pulled the package. And then again, about a year, year and a half before my service time was up, I had a, had a decision. I was going to re-up. I was going to go for another four or five years where I was going to get out. And at that time, I really felt that, that God was using me in teaching. I mean, I started from I mean, I'm talking like preschoolers. I taught some preschoolers at Gateway and then in in, uh, Crosspoint, you know, you develop, you start teaching a little bit older kids and then some of the youth, which was a big, you know, step. And then I was able to start teaching into, you know, some some young adults, uh, Sunday school class. But all of it, all of it started developing. All of it was a part of it. But I, I finally came to that point. I forgot when it was, but I was in my kitchen. And I really felt like God was saying, you need to do this. This is what I want you to do. So I, I surrendered. That's kind of terminology of what we would say that, God, this is your will for me. And so I surrendered that. And I remember getting on my knees in my kitchen and just being like, God, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know if I could even do this, but I believe that you're leading me in this. And so I did that and, um, you know, got out of the service. Uh, that first year um, was really a year of faith. And, um, we didn't have hardly any money. (laughs) Thankfully we saved up enough, uh, to make it through that. Um, but some things opened up. I was on staff there at Crosspoint, some things opened up. And so pretty much the year after I got out, um, I was working on, you know, my undergrad at Liberty University and finished that up, uh, bachelor's in religion there. And then, uh, started at, at Crosspoint. And so as far as on staff, you know, I was there for almost five years on staff. Um, but, You know, it just, it was all for me developing. Some people are different, you know, they feel like, okay, you know, when they're teenagers or something, okay, this is exactly what I'm going to do. But mine was not like that. It was, it was a developing process. God had to really boost up my confidence in terms of speaking and and those things. But the way that God was using me, you know, with ministering to military families really began that, that entire
0: process. So let's back up for just a second. Uh, There might be some young man watching this uh, at some point that that's going through that struggle trying to figure out you know what does god want me to do with my life what about my future um and and you used a word a moment ago the word surrender and one of the things that i've tried to encourage you know young people whether it be young men or young ladies for that matter is 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 to surrender you know the idea of of saying to god um my life is yours." write the story on the pages of my life that that you want to write so yeah. many times we have you know kind of things all planned out all figured out and God comes along and begins to stir us what would you say to a young man or a young lady that's struggling right now with trying to figure out you know what does God want for my future because i really personally believe that god is still calling people to you know, his service, whether it be full-time ministry or, or uh, certainly we all know that we're to be disciple makers making disciple makers, but I believe that he is still calling people to, to full-time ministry. Uh, what would you say to those, those men or women that are struggling with, with that right now? Yeah. Well, first
1: of all, you know, it begins with encouragement. And any young person at that point where they're, you know, they would say I'm confused or they would express like, I just really don't know what direction to go. And I would always encourage them. um, And and this was always even as a youth pastor, sometimes you even dealt with it, you know, from the parents, because they may not tell you as a youth pastor, but they're telling their kids, uh, you need to be worried about making a lot of money or you need to be worried about, you know, pursuing that way. And uh, the first thing, again, was I would encourage them to follow the leading of the Lord and listen to the voice of God. Uh, because obviously, as as a believer, as a Christian, he's Lord, you know, he's master and we serve him and whatever he wants for our lives. Well, that's that's what we are to obey. And uh, he has a, a direction plan and uh, we want to follow that plan. Um, And I know that there's a lot of nuances to some things like that, you know, when it comes to God's calling. But the first thing is to encourage them and and for them to be excited about that. You know, that's not something to be uh, discouraged at all in a young person's life. And uh, it is a big deal. It's significant. And God can and will use them in a great and mighty way. Um, But uh, I would encourage them in some of the practical things that you can, that, that I've Told young people before, I tell adults today, is it does begin with a desire. You may not have it crystal clear exactly uh, what that may look like, but um, you know it begins with a desire. Uh, it, it begins with people affirming some things, maybe like in my situation, you know, developing some of that confidence. OK, well, well, maybe maybe God is leading me to that. And we'll step out on faith and, and try in a small area and, and watch God work and and see how that goes. But other people's affirmation, they affirm that, yes, I believe you have a gift to do something from God, uh, those types of things. But um, the results from that now, I'm, I'm I'm primarily speaking from a preacher's point of view. Uh, but there's other areas obviously in service, but, um, you know, the results of that is God blessing that work. You know, when you stepped into that, you felt God leading in that. Is God blessing that? Um, now again, there's, there's a lot to be said about that, you know, as, as ministers and people in, in ministry, we understand, you know, that we're not results driven. Uh, we are, um, uh, we are driven by being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ, but, Uh, I believe those are some of the few keys to helping a young person understand, you know, directing them, making the decision and and being like, you know, I believe the Lord is really leading me in that direction. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to faith. It's going to come down to trusting Jesus Christ. And so um, those are just some of the the few, you know, keys there.
0: And how old were you when you kind of came to that conclusion as far as like, you said you'd been in the military for a while, eight, eight yeah, years. Yeah, I or so. mean,
1: I was really a, what we would, at least in our circles, Daryl, you know, what we may call a late bloomer. You know, I mean, I was, for all purposes, I was a young man, but I was on my own, you know, making my own money and, you know, had development, you know, got my own family or my own house and, and those things. And so mine was not like a, you know, I was in high school and then, you know, went to Bible college kind of thing. That's just, that wasn't the path. Uh, for me. And so um, mine was a little bit of a late, late bloomer, as we would call it. Now, I know there's not really a, a late bloomer. I mean, Moses, you know, 80, in his 80s, you know, and doing, you know, what the Lord called him to do. But, um, but yeah, in and, and those terms, I was, I was a young adult man that felt like this was the direction of my life. And then God changed that. He, he flipped it the other way around. Um, and so I believe that, and I can speak to this a little bit, maybe, you, can ter- you know, in terms of the future. But all these things, I know I consider it God's will. Uh, this is for his kingdom. And whatever he uh, whatever He desires to do to help me conform more and more to the image of Jesus Christ and what that looks like, I'm for it. And, and that's what a believer, a follower of Christ, uh, needs to come to grips with. And so whatever that looks like. But on the other side, I would say this. I know that, that some people that I've been affiliated with in some uh, areas, you know, they, they more or less had it like a cookie cutter. Like, okay, you have to do this, and then you have to do this, and then you have to do this. Um, hey, look, God, God's God, and I think we need to let God be God. Because there was a, a large part of me in the ministry, uh, especially in the military, I had, I had great military ministry and uh god is using those in the military and so for me in my perspective it's not always just okay if you're called to well you got to be a preacher you got to do this okay and so in my mind yes i absolutely know that god is still calling people to a full-time uh ministry capacity i mean when you look in in the bible in the book of ephesians you know how he is equipping okay those that uh, for these offices and so he's most certainly doing that um But I wanted to kind of speak to that on the other side, uh, that, hey, you know, in one hand, on one hand, we're all in the ministry. We're in the ministry of reconciliation, uh, reconciling a man back to God and trying to help people understand that Jesus Christ, hey, he's the bridge. And so um, on that note, you know, I would say, you know, going back to the question, encouraging young people to fulfill that, uh, take the next steps. But it is a, as Paul the Apostle would say, it's a noble calling for the minister somebody who desires the office of, of a pastor, a bishop, uh, you know, to, or, uh, overseer to fulfill those roles. But um, I would also encourage and say that we absolutely need more people in the ministry. Okay. We need more people in the full-time capacity as well. Uh, we need more preachers. We need more, you know, uh, just all across the board. So uh, I would, I would say that, encourage them to do so. Um, because God's using, he's, he uses, uh, uses his word uh, to be proclaimed, uh, from,
0: uh, ministers and, and others as well. You mentioned the phrase military ministry a couple of times. What did that look like for you in those days? Yeah, that was, um, that was really unique for me. I'd never been a part of anything like that, but it
1: was really, um, it was really great to, to, to be a part of the group of guys. It was just, uh, at the time, I think it was probably five or six of us that, uh, were active duty military. One was just got out, but they were still part of the military ministry. Uh, but really it was a, it was a group of guys that identified with each other and their, um, you know, their situations, uh, things that we had gone through. And so there was a connection connection there and we could pull off one another, support one another, pray for each other in, in more of a smaller group, uh, model to where, um, you know, it was personal. It's very personal. And, you know, that's one of the things that military families, military individuals, if they come to your church, it's one of the things they're looking for. And we could say that across the board, uh, you know, people are looking for community and those things, but uh, for a military person, uh, it was good because, and and here's the key, they speak the same language as I do, you know, Uh, in a military language, there's, there's all kinds of things that in a civilian world, they have no idea what they're discussing, but you know, you're speaking the same language and, uh, it really unique, uh, in a great, but essentially what they had there was they had, a, uh, individuals kind of overseeing the military ministry and the ministry guys, um, uh, we stayed in what we called the lighthouse. They called it the lighthouse. It was like an upper, upper room. They had bunks and stuff that was, um, it was like, uh, it was really neat for me because we stayed on the ship and I was like looking for any way I could possibly get off the ship and just get back to some type of normalcy. So um I was like, Well, I'm sold. You pay a little money, you stay there. And um and it was cool. It was like a small group of, of believers together, um, striving, trying to grow together, and at the same time we can identify with with one another in their
0: circumstances. So I've never had the privilege to pastor near a military base to where we, you know, could have a military ministry ourselves, but I I can only imagine what a great mission field you might say that that would be. You have these young guys that, and and women for that matter, that many of them are away from home for the very first time. They're uh, probably facing a lot of temptations and a lot of, you know, opportunities to, to, you know, explore things that maybe they haven't done so before. Um, Absolutely. I would imagine that believers, just like in any walk of life, are in the minority. Um, yeah. And so I think it's a great opportunity. What would you say to a church or maybe a pastor that's listening that is close to a military base of some kind where they, maybe you're there thinking about having a military ministry you've seen firsthand, you've benefited from it and you've been a part of it. What could you say to a pastor or church that's, that's, you know, contemplating maybe doing a military ministry. And I know I didn't prep you for this question, but I think you knowing firsthand on both ends of the spectrum, you you probably could, could think of some things hopefully <laughs> to share. Yeah.
1: No, that's fine. Uh, you know, I was kind of I prepped myself, Daryl, for for a little bit. I was like, well, if he kind of asked me some of these things, I want to be a help. So, you know, some of these things I think, first of all, from a pastor's perspective, and is, um, you know, if if we live close to a military base, it is a huge mission field that should never be neglected. And uh, I'm going to give you some things of, of why you know that I believe that's important. You know, if we live, ne- we we. Uh, fortunately and unfortunately we uh, in Dothan Alabama we have a Fort Rucker it's probably half hour or so 35 and I wish it was a little bit closer Uh, you know it's some it's a little bit difficult at times to to minister and then them get here you know to our local assembly but but if it if you're living within a a certain distance you know feel free obviously uh, to do all that you can to minister to them but you know when it comes to the military families, uh, there's several things. I mean, it's it's really an exciting ministry that every church, I believe if you have the capabilities, resources, and those things, you know, your church when you evaluate your strengths and weaknesses and you say this is something that I think we could do. Um, I think we should do that. Okay. Um, but the military we know brings people from diverse backgrounds, okay. And places into really one family, uh, one location. So on one hand, when I was in the service, that was part of the unique mission field that I had every single day. It was a mission field where you're talking to people from all walks of life, all backgrounds, and sometimes, you know, from even other parts of, of the country. Okay. Uh, which is really interesting. Uh, but it is a huge mission field for the gospel. So I would say, first and foremost, as a pastor, if you have somebody that's military and they are, you know, they're serving the Lord in their military service, we need to encourage them to do all that they can, because this is about kingdom work. Sometimes even as a pastor in a local church, we may just be primarily focused on the people that we, we know may be here for 10, 15 years or whatever the case may be. Okay. Well, we know that we have them and I understand that side. Uh, the, the other side is, is this is about kingdom work. And let me just, before I get ahead of myself, mention some of these things that can help a pastor understand the context from a military perspective. Um, but again, you know, In the service surrounded by literally thousands of people, especially on deployment, thousands of people um, that you have the, the opportunity to minister to. So on one hand, from a local church, you are also participating in the ministry of the military and what that individual uh, he or she may be doing on the ship, at least in my context, or wherever they're at in deployment, you are being a, a part of the kingdom work in that way. So if we detach ourselves from that way, you're really missing out an opportunity for your local church to be sponsoring, to be part of the ministry that that individual, maybe he or she is going to your church that can minister in the military context, okay? Um, but what's fascinating is from a, a uh, mission field, the mission field of the military really is brought to you. You know, we think of, you know, going to be a foreign missionary. We're going to another country. That mission field is awesome and exciting because it is brought to you. When you wake up and you go just 45 minutes down the road to what we would call a, you know, you're, you're mustering up or it's a roll call. You are literally surrounded with your mission field that day, that morning. And it was always exciting uh, for me. But I would say that for a pastor understand uh understand the people, okay, the military people and what they're Uh, what their needs are and what they're looking for. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of challenges when it comes to a military environment. A pastor needs to know that. needs to know that on a number of different levels because if you're going to minister effectively to a military family or individual, uh, understand some of the social challenges that the military brings. This is a unique and fascinating way that a pastor, a local church pastor, can minister to them. Okay, Uh, Again, people from all walks of uh, United States, uh, even parts of other countries. I remember being a supervisor of an individual. What we would, uh, in our English, or basically our understanding of it would be kind of a foreign exchange student, but that's what he was for our military. And he was Russian. And so I found it to be such a fascinating opportunity to be able to speak to somebody who is from Russia about Jesus Christ and the good news of the gospel. And what that looks like, obviously, excuse me, what that means is when he leaves, he goes back to Russia He remembers that, and maybe he gets saved, but he takes that to the world. So you're literally affecting the world. But understand some of the social challenges that military and their family deal with. Um, Again, you know, their own traditions and beliefs and cultural context, their own, you know, constructs. These are things that military people are dealt with on a daily basis. And so from a pastoral perspective, you know, um, understanding the difficulties again on a daily basis. Now, you know, you're from North Carolina, right? I'm from Mississippi. You know, we have been influenced by our culture and there are, it's like a, a a cultural smorgasbord, if you will, if you put it in the military and every day, you know, so people are are speaking, uh, a, a language that's unique to them, understanding some of the social challenges, but, uh, ethical challenges in the military. This is good for a pastor's perspective and point of view because in the military and 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 I will just be very upfront and, and very transparent with this there are many ethical issues that a, a military person deals with um, as a follower of Christ. You know, of course our allegiance is to Christ above all, above all rulers and authorities, you know, and at the same time we have an earthly responsibility To be obedient to those appointed over us, been balancing those things out uh, for a military uh, person in an environment that isn't always conducive to a cut and dry response. Okay, Uh, in other words, I found myself when I was in the military, active active military, constantly dealing with what we may call the law in the spirit of the law. OK, here's the rule. Or here's the, the kind of the spirit of the rule. And that's everywhere. Well, military folks, if they're believers, OK, if, if they're that's something that they're constantly dealing with on a daily basis. I assure you, because it's black or white. And then there's other issues that are involved with it. So ethical stuff. Above all, as a pastor, we need to know that there are spiritual challenges when it comes to ministering to the military and the military families. Because you just mentioned it, Daryl, the, the temptations. There, uh, the temptations to stray away from Christ are constantly in, in front of uh, the people, Okay, the, the military members. Um, again, I will say before I joined the Navy, there was an immediate line, per se. You would say that you have to kind of, you know, in separation between, yeah, you know, not, I don't need to do that. You know, my Lord doesn't want me to do that and those kinds of things. But uh, it, it's filled with uh, values and views essentially that run contrary to my belief as a Christian. And so you're constantly in an environment. Now, as a pastor, and you have somebody that comes to your church, know that that their daily walk and their daily struggles on a weekly basis, uh, their, in my perspective, are multiplied uh, astronomically than what somebody else may be dealing with in terms of depression, discouragement, and those types of things. Uh, because it is, it is very difficult in a military context uh, to to walk a a you know a, a an obedient Christian life and be filled constantly with you know the Spirit of God. I mean it's it's a real battle is what I'm saying uh, to keep your mind on earthly things or I'm excuse me heavenly things. You know what Colossians chapter three teaches us uh, to you know to to seek ye first the kingdom of God and His right. All these different challenges uh, that we face, but some of the things that a pastor can do, you know, what what are you thinking about? Why should you have a military ministry? Again, you are ministering really to the world if you invest in a military ministry of some sort, some capacity. It may look obviously a little bit different because of COVID and those things like that. Uh, but we, we don't need to push that to a side. Uh, you're really not just doing them a disservice you're doing the kingdom of God a disservice. If we have the cap- capabilities, resources to minister to them, um, effectively family challenges, we understand, I mean, they are abounding, you know, uh, the difficulties really are multiplied when you're on a deployment. So, and most people today, even pastors and churches, we understand to a context, okay, we want to send them a care packages. And I'm telling you, there's nothing more exciting when when military families we receive those things, um, but uh we we've got to keep those things going because, as a believer, when I was on deployment, we often found ourselves essentially feeling probably like Noah did in in the Old Testament there, where I mean everything he was surrounded by, the people and everything was sinful and was against God, and then at the same time, he's striving to to live a a a righteous life, a life that's obedient to to the Lord, and so that's constant, that's just consistent every day. Uh, in the military, so from a pr- pastor's perspective, uh, you most certainly should engage in them, and we need to understand how to engage with them. And um, I've got a few more things
0: I could share, but but if you got any other questions when it comes to that, uh, that's very insightful. I, you, you definitely uh, shed a lot of light on that, and and I, I've heard people say about Gateway in particular, but I know that would be true for a lot of other churches as well. Is that you know, they may only have those soldiers for a few months or at the most a few years, but if they get saved and discipled and leave that place, they're taking, you know, like you said, they're taking the gospel with them. Absolutely. And um, You know, sometimes it's easy for us as pastors and churches, like you said, to to focus in on what's going to benefit us over the long haul, rather than saying, how can we benefit the kingdom? Right. Uh, you know, this isn't about, it's, it's not a, about us. It's about him. And sure. he's yeah. called us to, to share, share that light and, and, and to know that, you know, the seeds that you plant in that soldier's heart
1: mm-hmm.
0: are then going to get transferred to another part of the country, another part of the world, um, is, is, a pretty phenomenal. And, yeah. um, only time only eternity will be able to tell the story of of, i know a friend of my excuse me a friend of mine that recently passed away um he was in the navy and uh he was he was uh in new york city for a while and went to uh, the international baptist church there in in new york city um and they had a from what he told me a a pretty amazing military ministry there as well but um but yeah it's it's just amazing to think about that. And, and hopefully that can be beneficial to the people that are thinking about the military ministry.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a few more things, you know, along those lines. Um, if we have time, you know, the, the military people just like, and you could apply these things across the board to everybody, but they, again, they are looking for community. Uh, they are looking for fellowship, like, you know, any, any, uh, believer Christian would be, but even, cross that. You know, people are because we're relational. We were created that way. Um, Military people are looking for stability. And the reason that is, is obviously with so many movements that they have on a constant basis, they are looking for stability, not only location, uh, but they're looking for stability in relationships. Military is, you know, it was hard for me too, because I'm typically a very loyal person, you know, and I strive to be that way. And you get to know somebody, it's hard. It's hard because, you know, they moved to Washington or something, you know, and, and you're like, will I ever see that person again? Some of the most, you know, intimate relationships you have with, uh, you know, with an individual is, you know, as far as important pouring out their heart to you, you know, you live in close quarters and you work in close quarters. And so, you know, after a couple of years, you know, it's like all of a sudden that relationship is severed and you're like, ouch. You know, and you, you're forced to stay in contact through social media or other ways. But military people are looking for real, authentic fellowship and, and communication that it's not just it's not just superficial to where, OK, I think this person will be here for a couple of years and then they'll go on, you know, really invest in them. And here's why, uh, because I still get calls, messages from people that, you know, I worked with years ago that if they have a spiritual question. If they have any kind of question and a difficulty, something major in their life, they hit me up, and it's like, wow! I mean, that was years ago, and so that lasting impact for their heart, you know, and for their life, it's it's really uh, number one. It's encouraging for you, you know, uh, to be used by the Lord, but but you realize the greater impact for the kingdom of God where they are taking that, and if they remember anybody. I mean, you just never know if they're on their deathbed. You know, it's like if they had to call one person, who would they call that they feel like they could trust to give them real true answers and they're going to call you. And so if it's a pastor or, or a layman inside of a local church, minister with all of your heart to these individuals, even though you may feel like. Uh, they may not be here very long. Um, but they're again, they're looking for trust. Um, it's, again, one of the main reasons I believe there was a large ministry that I felt like I had a, a, in in the military. But they tend to gravitate, they'll gravitate to people who, you know, we know, it's just it's pretty basic that can identify with them. Um, you know, and, and here's one of the keys there too, but their uh, their situations, they military folks, they face a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma in their lives, you know, uh, just as pastors, we deal with a lot of trauma in our local church, military families that deal with a lot of trauma, uh, you know, emotional, physical, uh, mental, all kinds of things. And the greatest thing you can do is point them to Jesus, who is the answer for these things. And if you do that, uh, you know, they uh, they will remember those things. But they often feel abandoned by God. Uh, they often feel like it's hard to pray. I'm just speaking from experience, obviously, and the people that I've related to in the military. Um, they often doubt their core beliefs. Uh, they deal with a lot of anger, particularly towards God. And uh, they often do feel alienated from church. And so as a pastor, as a minister, how you can effectively minister is to alleviate, uh, to alleviate those issues is, again, to be more personal. If it, and invest in those individuals and and truly make a point to it and be intentional in uh, communicating with them because those are some of the things that constantly are dealing with in the mind and their heart. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people in the military that was, you know, we talk about faith, conversations about that, and it was basically, this is what I used to do, Josh. This is what I, I used to be this in church, or I used to be this and for various different factors and reasons, they have fell away from that. And they're looking for somebody. And this is encouraging. I mean, if somebody listening who they are military, they are looking when it comes to stability for a strong faith, faith somebody that they can be anchored to, to help them, encourage them along to disciple them. They really are. And and when they may not say it because a, hey, you know, military people, they're in the military. uh They're, they're tough. You know, they're tough. I mean, they're, you know they got real problems and issues just like anybody else, but they they want to talk about it on their terms. But if you're there for them and you're genuine, you're authentic with them, and you allow those conversations to take place, I promise you that they will. Uh, they'll find you, and they want to uh, feel connected in those ways. But um, you know, use use these individuals in your churches if possible, if you can. Uh, most military members and their families they they really don't want to be thought of or treated any different. Than any other person, you know, and, and one of the reasons is is because I can't tell you again how many times when you're off work, especially in military, you want to be off work, okay? Like you don't want to talk about work, you don't want to talk about, you know, being called shipmate or anything like that. Like don't call me that, you know, call me by my first name, you know, because everybody calls me by my last name in the military. So they again they're looking for a way to to kind of exit that culture and environment and have some sense of normalcy some sense of oh you know that i am a real person <laughs> you know and so and that's just you know that's very upfront and honest um but these are ways to or things to keep in mind as you're as you're ministering to military families and stuff they have gifts they have experiences uh, they've got stories and you can utilize them to be a major impact in your local church um an example i had a uh, fascinating call you know from a Uh, We've got several military members that have been coming here uh, as well. But uh, random call, he calls me looking for some help. Long story short, he gets saved, baptized here, and his plans were to go away. And the Lord has, um, from what I can tell now, uh, you know, uh, really kind of stopped his plans. And I think that God's going to keep him here for a period of time. But, you know, if you dismiss that and you say, well, you're moving or whatever, you treat them as that you know, you are really missing an opportunity to minister to them and be uh, part of the discipleship, uh, part of the discipleship in their life, whatever and how much, you know, at whatever level capacity you can be and disciple them, uh, do that. It is, it is again, a part of the kingdom of God. And so we want to invest. We want to invest in the kingdom of God.
0: But Some good stuff, brother. Um, I was, when you were talking there, I couldn't help but think about you know, the Ethiopian eunuch and God calling Philip away from that great revival that was happening to go minister to that one man. Yep, absolutely. But, you know, he took the gospel back to, to Ethiopia, back to the African continent. So, um, you know, Philip didn't gain anything out of that financially or, or, you know, like we often think of, Oh, that, that person make a good church member. Or, that person's talented or that person can really add to my, our church. It was about their soul, and uh, I think sometimes it's easy to 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 lose sight of that. Um, yeah. So you've really shed a lot of light on on, on that. Before we uh, get off of here, what's what's kind of going on in in your life right now? I mentioned earlier you were pastoring there in Dothan, and uh, just tell us a little bit about what 2020 looks like before we before we, uh, Of course, we all know what 2020 looks like, but
1: yeah, 2020 it looks like in the yeah, Alderman household. <laughs> yeah, 2020 doesn't look good for for a lot of folks, but uh, like everybody, we've been we've been hit we've been challenged uh for us uh, uh, personally uh you know my wife and I we we've been through covid as well we 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 had it and you know so at very trying times you had it uh, as well we had it as well we did i knew your wife had it i don't know that i realized you had it so yeah I didn't well make, don't leave you out of my prayer. don't tell her i just yeah don't tell her i acted like i had it so you know i can milk it a little bit so oh i yeah, got it but, but anyway don't don't tell her uh but now we we all ended up you know, getting it and stuff. And so it was difficult. But 2020, uh, I would really say for us here in Dothan, the Lord has really blessed us. Uh, you know, we are seeing people saved. God is uh, bringing us people. And so it's really, it's really fascinating that despite a difficulty God we see is sovereign and he truly is in control. And if we trust him and just be faithful, faithful to the word of God and be obedient to him, uh, boy, he shows up and he really does. And so I've been thankful as far as our church and what God is doing, uh, in our midst. I mean, it's really something to be excited about. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of new faces in our church and, and during a time of COVID, you know? And so it's like, wow, that's just, it's amazing. But, um, but yeah, right now I'm I'm right in the middle of some studies. Uh, I know I don't sound like it, but I'm I'm uh, studying at uh, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, finishing up an MDiv there, and um, and so um, you know a lot of studies, a lot of a lot of time and effort is going into that, but really good studies, really good studies, and so. Yeah, been, I appreciate you doing.
0: taking time out of your busy schedule as a fan, uh, husband, a dad, the pastor, and a student. To share your heart with us about the military and and what God's done in your life, it's been a blessing and very eye opening to me. So let me just thank you on our behalf to taking time to spend some time with us today. Absolutely, well I really enjoyed
1: it. I appreciate you uh, having me come on, and so hopefully uh, some things were were a help to you and others that may be listening. Yes, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you.